0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth.
1: Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, producing the show. Hit the save button. <laughs> Always hit the save button. Uh, hey, listen, I uh, want to thank our presenting sponsors great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise, all your supplement needs. I mean, you can see... Uh, if you could see me right now, you could see I'm shirtless, in my underpants, and uh, I am yoked. So uh, thank You look you to, glorious. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's like a halo is all around me. Um, so I thank uh, the folks at Sweet Sweat for that. Uh, appreciate that. At SweetSweat.com, like I said, for all your supplements and exercise needs, SweetSweat.com. And then the great folks over at Superbook, America's Best Bet, uh, which, uh, listen, I could do you a big favor. You want to make money, and I'm talking about big money throughout the rest of the playoffs. Just listen to Mike and I on Thursday uh, and and Friday's podcast as we drop our uh, picks against the spread, our moneymaker picks, and then go opposite because you're going to be a wealthy individual. Mike and I are the guys that uh, actually build the buildings in Vegas, uh, but you guys could reap the benefits by going opposite. You crushed me. Last week in the first round of the uh, the super wild card weekend, crushed you. I beat you by one game. I, well, still, I that mean, that feels like a crush. <laughs> you went three and three, I went two <laughs> oh and four. God, we are so You're bad. You're just pathetic. We after, are so bad. You know, after I crushed you during the regular season by a uh, one percentage point, and we were both under 500. I mean, this is by no the way. joke.
0: If people did just follow us and bet against us mm-hmm. all season long, Yes, you be you be seen pretty right now. Yeah, you be you be in the uh, plus territory by quite a wide margin. <laughs> yes, so <absolutely>. congratulations! <laughs> if you did that, if that was your strategy, congratulations! You're a winner. Um, so yeah, super you went- wild card weekend. Yeah. What do you think? You like it? You like the format? You like the extra playoff team? team? You are you were kind of a Yeah. old school. Uh, I don't want to water <laughs> down the product and blah, 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 blah,
1: blah. Yeah, there there's three there's two things that changed recently that I was like staunch. I was like this staunch, you know, anti-masker. Like a no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh but you know, after actually seeing it happen and looking at the facts, I was like, "Well, oh, you know what? Wrong on that one." Uh the two things were when they moved the extra point back. I was like, it's a reward for putting the drive together. What are you doing? And now I look at it like, yeah, you know what? You can't just get off the couch to take a leak when they're lining up for the extra point. You actually have to watch it, right? You got to pay attention. You can't just get up and go get something to drink or whatever. And so it's actually, you know, it's actually affected the game because it's not automatic. That's not an automatic chip shot. And then the other thing is this, this playoff, this extended playoff, seven teams. You know, you know me. Don't water it down like the NBA or NHL. I don't want that. But then, you know, I actually watched it, and I was like, mm, you know, this isn't, this isn't all bad. This is kind of good. <laughs> right? uh, although I was by the time Sunday night rolled around. I was a little footballed out. It was way.
0: exhausting. Yeah. It was a long was, weekend. Yeah, it was a long football weekend. Didn't feel like I got much done this weekend. No, I wonder no, why. No, 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 no. But it was it was a I thought it was a very revealing weekend. Like just like I think last year during the playoffs when the Patriots got beat, there was a sense, okay, that championship window closed. Mm-hmm. I felt the same way watching the Steelers lose the way they did. That that their championship window slammed shut. Boy, I tell you what. I mean, How quickly does it –
1: one, how quickly does it close? And then when you start to understand and realize kind of one philosophical change of the Pittsburgh Steelers, like at what point – and at this season, the beginning of the season, the first four games, they were running the ball. They were playing physical football. James Conner was running the ball. And then all of a sudden they had this this philosophical shift that we're going to get in four wides, five wides, and we're just going to throw it short. Let our guys do the work, you know. The old bullshit offensive coordinator, uh, the quick passing game is an extension of the run, you know. These are guys that want to get hired by 80-year-old owners that throw it all over the ball yard, that say it looks sexy and owners get all, you know, Twitter painted over it. The bottom line is that bullshit is false, and if anybody tells you the swing pass or the screen pass or the bubble screen or the rip screen or the tear screen or the, you know, the smoke route is an extension of the running back or the running game, punch him in the face. <laughs> just punch him, the face. Yes, somebody, yes, punch him in the face. You have permission. Walk up to somebody. Punch him in the face. If guy, if one of your buddies says, hey, listen, man, that's smoke screen, you know, when they just <laughs> throw it over to the guy, it's just like a, an extension of the running game. You just punch that guy in the face. That's right. Right? That's right. what you do. <laughs> right. Uh, because it's a that's bullshit. The, the thing is, you don't wear anybody out. It doesn't physically wear guys out. Guys aren't on the ground having to get up, chase after the ball. You don't impose your will upon them. The other thing that happens is in third down and twelve when you're not imposing your will, or third down and eight or seven or whatever it is. Guess what? Those guys on the other end are fresh. They're not tripping over their tongues. They're not licking their wounds. They're not doing any of that stuff. They're ready to rush the passer. It's bullshit. And somehow the Steelers got duped. This is the Steelers. This is the team I grew up rooting for. This is the team with Mike Webster, my favorite player of all time on it, right? With Mean Joe Green and L C Greenwood. And, and, you know, th- this was the team I rooted for. Jack Hamm and Jack Lambert. And, and I, I mean, I, I just look at it and go, what are you guys doing? Who did you become? This is not Steelers football. And then you've got Ben Roethlisberger, who they owe $41 million in cap space. I mean— you know, and he says he wants to come back, but you know what a drama queen Ben can be, right? I mean, you know if Ben has a twisted ankle, he's coming out in a size 22 clown shoe, right? Like, <laughs> oh, look how bad my ankle is, everybody. Nothing to see here. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. So, you know, yeah, it's like this window closed down. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what they're going to they, do. I think they have to keep Ben,
0: but they, can they afford to keep him at $41 million? Gonna have to work with him. Gonna have to. He's gonna have to work with the team a little bit. You're right. That's a that's a big big number. But while teams are dropping down, new teams are coming up, and I think I think if you're just a football fan, you, you gotta be you gotta be happy with what's going on with Buffalo and Cleveland. Two teams that really, when you add it up, it's like a combined forty years of irrelevancy. I mean, really, is a forty years of just being nothing on the NFL landscape. And now, you know, here they are, teams on the rise.
1: Right you remember back you know when you and I were young, when I was playing, um, you were a young broadcaster at Syracuse. I mean four straight championships the Buffalo Bills went to. You remember I mean it became it became part of part of the is nomenclature the right word of our country where Boomer is saying, You know, Boomer from ESPN is going, Snowbody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And every year he'd pick 49ers Bills in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Every year. And and you're right. They just all of a sudden they fell off the map. And it does go to show you, Mike, how quickly you can turn it around with the right leadership, with the right culture, and obviously with the right players. Mm -hmm. And how long you can just wallow in the abyss if you don't have it. I mean it's just amazing and good for them because they're exciting, man. They're an exciting that's an exciting brand of football, both with the Buffalo Bills and with the uh and, and with the Cleveland Browns. I'll start with the Bills. Like, you know, there's an old saying that more games are lost than won. What about Frank Reich? Like oh. in all seriousness, because I think it's the one game where the score was not indicative. It was only a three-point game. I know that. But where, like, the other games felt like the team that won was in control for the majority of the game, right? They, they were really in control. That's the one game that felt like the Indianapolis Colts were in control of that game that really played better. And not any fault of the players, but fault of the coach for mismanaging the team. Like, I thought down on the goal line. That first one, they were up, I think it was 10-0, right? And they're down there on the goal line. It's third down and goal. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you're going to go for this, like if if your choice is we're, we're in four-down territory, if your choice is that, get behind your all-world guard in Quentin Nelson, one of the nastiest players in the National Football League, and run two straight dives. And if you can't get in, that's on you. You don't deserve to win. But when you go crack toss on third down and lose 2 yards, right? And then you decide to throw it on fourth down. I mean, I'm screaming at the TV. I don't know about you. I'm like, you got to kick the field goal. You got to go up 13 nothing, right? It would have been 13-7. 13-7. 13-7. I'm sorry. Seven. Yeah. yeah, 13-7. So, but I go, you got to go up. You you got to get points. You're I mean, that's you're, you're you're playing against the number 2 seed,
0: right? The Buffalo Bills have been explosive on off. Man, you got to get points there. Change and the whole game. Change yeah. the whole game. I mean, I mean, they score a touchdown there at 17-7. Right. Who knows? And then the Bills go up. The Bills go up big. They they drive
1: back down. They score a touchdown. It's 24-16. And Frank Wright goes for two. Yeah. I, I thought Vic Fangio was coaching. <laughs> like I thought Vic Fangio in Denver was like, go for
0: Go Sorry, Bronco fans. <laughs> oh, my. Like, what are you
1: doing? And they missed that. And now yeah. they're, I mean, I, I just didn't understand during the course of that game Some of the decisions, and it just goes to show you, you know, the old Bill Belichickian kind of quote of, uh, you know, of situational football, man, you have got to be on your game management, your situations,
0: and I don't think the Indianapolis Colts were, and it cost them a game. Well, the Bills move on, Cleveland, how's Cleveland doing it? Just the way you like, right?
1: Yeah because you know it's it's you know I get all this this stuff from our Denver radio show well Gary Kubiak's offense is antiquated you can't you know and then Stefanski takes over the Browns and at first you know Baker Mayfield look at the first 8 games yeah. of the season it's 150 yards 164 yards 202 yards 138 you know passing all this stuff but the consistency of running the ball the consistency of setting up your play action the consistency of creating your explosive passing plays through your play action because of the way you run the ball. And when you watch that game against the Steelers, man, I know they snapped it over Ben's head and he turned the ball over a couple times. They absolutely dominate a line of scrimmage. Like they're getting they're getting guys on the ground. They're pulling and trapping dudes and putting them on their backs. I mean it was a physical ass whipping and they were minus a couple of guys could cope it they were minus their best cornerback they were minus their best offensive lineman they were minus you know joel joel uh, batonio was gone i mean uh they lost they lost uh, they lost a first team all pro right tackle conklin went down with a hamstring um it just is ama- and they were just whipping that ass one of my major takeaways one of my major takeaways, you know, I get in these fights with people here in Denver when we're doing our local radio show about the text line, you know, and people think if we just had more wide receivers, if we just had more speed, you know, if we just had more athletes, you know, and I'm like, you guys are so full of shit. You don't know anything. Like <laughs> like there's of the of the 6 games, of the 6 games that happened on wild card weekend. You show me who controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and I'll show you who won the game. Now, the only place that that probably didn't come true, but it was a pretty even matchup, was the Bills yeah. and the Indianapolis Colts. But, I mean, hey, man, you look at uh, any one of those games. You look at what the Rams did, for instance. The Rams come out. They lose their backup quarterback, you know, got his neck short. That guy's going to be about 5'8 after yeah. that game. yeah. Right, he's five nine to start. He, he goes. He lost it. He lost two inches. Like that, <laughs> that kid lost. He's gonna have to whiff up his hair way high just to just to just to register. Why, well, that's so, some pompadour you yeah, have there, John. Wilson. Yeah, that is beautiful. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, you look at the Rams. Aaron Donald just just opening the can. Of, they they got to Russell Wilson like consistently with four rushers. Just consistently. And then Cam Akers runs for 150 or whatever. They just pounded them. And I'll tell you one of the things. I texted with their wide receiver coach right after the game. And I was like, dude, I love watching your wideouts play. Unselfishness. The way they block the edge and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, the way they open up play. Hey man, listen. When you run a bootkeep and you have a throwback play, and Robert Woods comes down there, you know the one I'm talking about—the touchdown. He comes down there and acts like he's stock blocking, you know, and he shuffles his feet, and everybody gets r- braced for you know contact. They gone, touchdown. It's e- and you've got to respect it as a defense. I mean, it's beautiful, but the Rams dominated the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay dominates the line of scrimmage. I mean, go through it. The New Orleans Saints, what they did defensively. Hey, I know the Chicago Bears are really good defense, but defensively what the New Orleans Saints did. And by the way, you know, that that Saints offensive line, did they produce? You know, Kamara almost, I think Kamara had close to 100 yards or maybe more. So show me the team that captured the line of scrimmage. Show me the team that physically whipped somebody's ass and I'll show you the team that won.
0: Well, you look at what Baltimore did defensively against King Henry, shut him down, yeah, right, and, right, and right. totally neutralized the the Titans. Speaking of the speaking of the Ravens, you know, we we, I, you know, I always say that I- until a better, I guess, a system comes along, the fact is is that greatness is measured by by playoff wins, and and all you know, all time greatness is uh, dependent upon, right. I think, winning championships. So it was. It, maybe it's a bit unfair, but that's all we got right now. So, along against that backdrop, I was happy to see Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, you don't want to see him go too deep into his career, saddled with oh, he can't even win a playoff game. Right. So, nice it, to see him break through. It, it is, and I think you know, I think
1: if you look at Peyton Manning's career, Peyton Manning, yeah. I think lost his the same first thing three playoff games. Of uh, you know, but that's how people that's how people measure it, mm-hmm. and and I understand that, and it like when they were when when the Tennessee Titans were up. Seven, seven nothing, and they were driving, they were in the red zone. I tweeted out they need to I mean they need to hold them to three here because you go down fourteen. You know, I mean Lamar Jackson's never come back from 10, ten point deficit, right? You go down fourteen, you lose the ability, and I understand it's early, but offensive coordinators lose their ability to think sometimes, right? They automatically they say, Hey, you know, now we gotta now we gotta throw it all over the place. And and that's not Lamar's game, man. That's not what he does. And I gotta give a lot of credit to John Harbaugh, to Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, and to Wink Martindale and the system that they have set up and the adherence to that system. Because I think there's a, a lesser coordinator, lesser mature from a maturity standpoint, coordinator and head coach would have panicked and said, We gotta start throwing the ball. And they stuck to what they do. And I think they are probably as tied together philosophically as an organization can be like, they're going to run the ball. They're going to set up their play action. They're going to get the one-on-ones in the play action game because of, they know that that's what they have to do. And, and it's interesting because their defense that, that the way they run their defense is exactly opposite. Their defense totally compliments what they're doing on offense from the standpoint of we're going to bring blitz pressure. We're going to play man coverage. You know, we're going to have five D linemen across the board. We're not going to allow you to run the ball. And, and it was interesting to me because if they gave up a couple big plays in the passing game early, you know, and they adjust and good for weak Martindale. He's a great coordinator. He's a great uh, defensive head coach. One of the things I respect about him is emptying the bucket. The end of the day, there's no water left in the in the bottom of that bucket. That five-gallon bucket, it's empty. And you either win or lose, but at least you drive home after that game going, I did everything in my power, and, you know, we got beat today. But I think they're totally connected that way. And to me, that's kind of one of the things that makes them great. And the fact that they didn't lose their game plan. And when Lamar took off on that on that 49-yard scramble for a touch. By the way, in all seriousness, these are the best athletes in the world. I mean, some of the best athletes in the world, right? And I think one of the big shocking things for college athletes, you know, we just watched the national championship game where Alabama is just dominant, you know, and they got all these athletes. I think one of the most shocking things for most players when they come out of college is there is no blind sisters of the poor. You don't line up. I mean, even if a team is not good, their players are good. Like, they've got, their, their athletes are great, right? And All of a sudden, every weekend is a challenge. And every weekend, you're lined up against somebody who's got a similar skill set to you. It's not like college where you're challenged once or twice a season. This is every time you line up, you're challenged. And then there's Lamar, who just is on a field with other athletes that are best in the world, and he runs circles around them. Like, he shakes down DBs, and they're tripping over their jock straps. I mean, it's just unreal real what he does. Uh, he is he's one of the most exciting players. He's a great kid too, by the way. Just a great kid, but he's one of the most exciting players in the world to watch.
0: All right, so we got a lot of fresh talent, especially on the AFC side. Mhm. NFC side? Old man Brady, old man Breeze, still rolling along. You ever get you ever get tired of it? You ever get bored with it? No, because I, you know what?
1: One, I'm enamored with. Did you see that picture floating around of Brady being the oldest quarterback to start a playoff game versus George Blanda. Was it George Blanda? Yeah, like, I yeah. think so, yeah. And and you know, they were both 43 years old in and days. And Blanda was like 108 days and Brady was like 133 or something like that, whatever it was, right? And the difference in in the way they looked. Oh my looked, god. Blanda looked
0: like-, looked like he was 75. I was like, are you sure you didn't get that wrong? Are you sure it's
1: not 108 in 43 days <laughs> as opposed to 43 years and 108 days? Like, it just is amazing how well he's taking care of himself. But, you know, I've been on this bandwagon for a while because, you know, me, I watch all the film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I've i said this forever, and people just, are, oh, you know, he's, he's losing it. He's Like, people are so excited to write his obituary. And I'm like... I have not seen any drop-off in arm talent at all. And I talked to him about it. I mean, I asked him about it. And he's like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do the work. I do all the, but I throw it as well as I threw it at 28. There, there hasn't been any dramatic, any dramatic drop-off. And, you know, interestingly enough, watching Breeze, and this goes back to he comes off his rib injury. He plays against Kansas City um, the first half. There's, you can see that there's a little bit of, uh, of a tentative nature, right? But as that game progresses, he's he's letting it, he's cutting it loose a little bit, which is typical of coming off an injury. And then the next game is the game I call, and um, oh, was that? Well, maybe it was two weeks later. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. Um, he he really threw it well the following week. He threw it well, and I mean really well. And so I was just talking to Sean Payton about it, and I was like, well, where is he right now? He goes, you know, this week of practice, going into week 17, he goes, this week of practice, he threw the ball as well as he's thrown the last couple of years. Mm. And, like, the, the the broken ribs hurt, obviously, but um it was kind of good for the rest of his body, mm-hmm. you know. And so, a breeze, you know, breeze is not a a push it down the football field. Breeze is going to hit that, what I call the dig hole. So, if you look at, you know, the num- if you go sideline, numbers, hash. Go down that hash at about 18 yards. That That is where 18 yards, that's where he's going to throw the ball. Now, you may have a two-by-two two fi- formation, and number two, the inside receiver, runs off coverage, and the number one receiver cuts in and hits that hole, right? That little dig hole. Or maybe it's a three-by-one, and you spray release, you know, you get a through route, you get outside release on the outside and that number 2 guy runs that seam and bam right there at 18 he's running the seam right against zone coverage so you get a lot of that he throws that he throws it especially to the right he throws that exceptionally well but they've never been you know a big time attack it down the football field they're going to run the ball they're going to set up their play action Drew Brees is going to attack that area of the football field, that curl area, if you will. Um, you know, and they're going to do that in a bunch of different varieties where they're going to have a, you know, a, a drag route with a, you know, like a, a um, slant, a, uh, Arrow curl, for instance, you know, where they got a short route and a deeper curl route, you know, flat, curl flat combination. First thing you install in, in day one installation of your passing game, curl flat. You know, everybody runs it. So they're going to attack that area of the football field, and Drew Brees is throwing it exceptionally well. That's going to be a fun game. Well,
0: and it, it, it is funny, isn't it? That uh, with all these, you know, new, fresh faces and uh, new storylines, what gets the marquee Sunday night game? It's Brady and Brees. Of course. Brees. And, um, can't wait. Can't wait for divisional uh, round. What, one last quick thought. Um, just just your your thoughts on on Doug Peterson. Yeah. And I, I thought it was Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, comes on and goes, look, I didn't want to fire him. Yeah. But you did. Yeah, yeah right, and, right. And boy, is that. He said he didn't deserve to be didn't fired. Didn't deserve to be fired. Right. But he did fire him. Right. Which, to, to me, the way I read it, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, it came down to I had to choose between a coach and a quarterback. Yeah, it's and I, I went with the quarterback that we got millions of dollars invested in.
1: But how, like, seriously? And I've had many conversations with Carson Wentz, and he seems to be a great kid, dude. How bad does he come off look. looking? It's a bad look, bad right? Look. Yep, just want to be traded, and you know, and pouting, and you know, like, dude, you got paid. This is the world I live in. The world I live in is a performance based world, right? It's not a try hard league. It's a do good league. And if you don't do good, you get bounced. And you played like shit. And I understand, like you know, I mean, Howie Roseman is their GM. They had every week. I did the week, like week ten game. They had their tenth different lineup on the offensive line, the tenth different group, right? I mean, they they couldn't block anybody. He had been sacked fifty times by the time he got benched midway through the season. I mean, it was ridiculous, right? So I understand that there are a lot of things that happen. You know, you got you've got Jefferson setting records in Minnesota and you draft a guy in in Rieger or whatever that that like was pretty non-existent, you know, and I mean there's been a lot of mistakes on that side of the ball, but the bottom line it comes down to um you know, speaking of a you know, what have you done for me lately? It's a try it's not a try hard league. I mean, Doug Peterson just won a Super Bowl in 2017. Yep. He just got bounced, and essentially your relationship and your pouting and your shitty play got him bounced. And I, and I understand it. You go four or eleven and one or whatever you did. You know, people are going to get fired. Like mm-hmm. that's the way this league works. But um, I just think it's a I think it's a bad look. And there's no question they chose the quarterback who they invested in, and now they're going to try to you know give him a quarterback rehab. And we'll see because. Like, his breakdown of mechanics, having studied several games and called the game, his breakdown of mechanics, his lack of getting through kind of progressions, reading one side to the next side, making good decisions, and throwing it accurately. Like, he looked like he dropped back and was like, you know, his feet are all over the place. It was about protecting yourself and making sure that you don't get hurt again, as opposed to standing in there and making the right throw. So, you know... I mean, that's I, I understand. I understand firing people. I understand how the the business works. But boy, oh boy, like he not only I think needs to do um, a football rehab, but he needs to do a public image rehab. Yep. And I think inside his own locker room, um, and I'm not in there, so you know, I mean, I'm speculating to be sure. Mm-hmm. But it just it just comes off as a
0: bad look, Mike. It really does. Well, that's Philly's problem. In the meantime, we got the divisional. Playoffs coming up, and uh, I still think this is the best weekend. Though. I do too. Over, I, I, over I mean, I loved all the wild card. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but the, the divisional round is always, I think, the best of all the of all the playoff rounds in football. So we'll have a chance to talk about it here uh, in just a just
1: a dare too. Okay, man. Hey, listen for everybody. We like to thank you for listening to the Stink Truth podcast. Thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at SweetSweat, SweetSweat.com for more information. Also, uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet. Check them out. Jake Carnegie going to join us to, to break down these games and ridicule us for our crappy <laughs> picks. Uh, that's all coming up at the end of the week. We'll see you then.